The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. I hope it's been a good week for you because Friday is here. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, January 26, 2024, Friday of the third week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle two. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And today is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. Timothy had a Greek father and a Jewish mother. It was his grandmother who first became Christian. Timothy was a convert of Paul around the year 47 and later joined him in his apostolic work. During the 15 years he worked with Paul, he became one of his most faithful and trusted friends. Titus has the distinction of being a close friend and disciple of Paul, as well as a fellow missionary. He was Greek, apparently, from Antioch. Even though Titus was a Gentile, Paul would not let him be forced to undergo circumcision at Jerusalem. Titus is seen as a peacemaker, administrator, great friend. Paul's second letter to Corinth affords an insight into the depth of his friendship with Titus and the great fellowship they had in preaching the gospel. Timothy and Titus died around 95 AD. Saints Timothy and Titus, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My God, I adore you and I love you with all my heart. I thank you for having created me, made me a Christian, and preserved me this night. I offer you the actions of this day. Grant that all of them may be in accordance with your holy will and for your greater glory. Protect me from sin and from all evil. Let your grace be always with me and with all my dear ones. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that the Holy Spirit may help us to recognize the gift of different charisms within the Christian community and to discover the richness of different traditions and rituals in the Catholic Church. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the Gospel of the Day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My mother, Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and lord, my guardian angel, intercede to me. In today's gospel, we see Jesus speaking once again this week about seeds and the silent growth of seeds. Many times in the parables we see how Jesus uses seeds to explain the way that God acts, both in the world and also in our souls. And we can see that God loves hidden action. And God doesn't particularly like showy, noisy uh, kind of actions. Remember how Jesus is so taken by that poor woman who donates her two copper coins, all that she had all that she had to live on, she donates these in the temple treasury when men and perhaps some women are going along making very, very showy donations um, with really the objective of being seen. And these are very, very big donations, much, much bigger than 
this poor woman's two little coins. But afterwards, Jesus calls together his apostles and says, this woman, she's given, in giving her two small coins, she's given more than all the rest of them. Because it's so generous, because it's all she had, but also because it's so humble, so quietly done. And that is the way God works, for the most part, in the world, quietly, discreetly, under the radar, we might say, these days. And we see this in the seed, the action of the seed that Jesus describes in today's gospel. This is what he says. Jesus said to the crowds, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man throws seed on the land, night and day, while he sleeps. When he is awake, the seed is sprouting and growing. How he does not know. Of its own accord, the land produces first the shoot, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the crop is ready, he loses no time. He starts to reap because the harvest has come. And in this way, Jesus is telling you and telling me that if we do all we can, pray, perhaps 10 minutes with Jesus, not a bad thing each day, struggling against our defects, against temptations, using the sacraments, then all the time we are growing. God is giving us his grace and quietly, without perhaps anything extraordinary on the surface, down deep under, we are growing. Some people like to say that people like wine improve with time. And this is certainly the case regarding the spiritual life where a person is, well, just going along, doing everything they're supposed to do, even if they are, are under the impression they're going backwards and even that they're a disaster. This has been compared to what happens in forests. If you go to a forest, you certainly don't hear the trees growing. They're surrounded by thousands of trees, but you certainly don't hear them growing. They grow quietly, imperceptibly. Those thousands of trees every day, growing, growing, growing. Now, if one of those trees falls, it's blown over in a storm or it's chopped by a woodcutter, well then it makes a sound like the apocalypse has just begun. A huge crashing sound. And that, of course, is much, much more noticeable than the invisible, inaudible growing of the trees. And that's a little bit like what happens with you and with me. If we're doing what we should and day after day and plodding along, well, it's like the, the silent growth of the trees. But then there might be a fall, and that seems like the collapse of the tree or something goes wrong, a disaster. And it's much, much more noticeable. But the growth of, growth of all those trees of course, outweighs the noise, the, the drama, and the damage done by the collapse of one tree. So we should keep that in mind. Now, certainly this is not to say that you, Lord, don't use certain moments in our lives which we could say are transformative moments. Moments often of a crisis of one kind or other, that God allows us to, to go through that crisis because he's also giving us a special crisis. Or perhaps we've come to the, the, the grace has been building up and building up and then comes a, a transformative moment when all that grace is kind of stored up and now comes to fruition. I came across a nice example. I, I think it's a good example of this in something I heard during the week. It was an interview with a survivor of the famous airplane crash in the Andes back in 1972, the subject of 
films and books. You might have seen or read about it. Um, and this fellow, Carlos, Carlos, also known as Carlitos, he was the youngest person on the plane. He was 17. And most of the passengers were Uruguayan uh, students, members of a rugby team, uh, flying across the Andes to go to Chile to play in a rugby tournament there in Chile. They were all very excited, of course, a wonderful adventure. But unfortunately, the plane never made it. And in the, in the Andes, the plane crashed, braced, cracking in half. Uh, many people were killed in that uh, first, first impact, but many survived. And he was one of the survivors. He said up to that point, he was spoiled rotten. He, he even said he had a nanny whose job, one of his, her jobs was to bring him breakfast in bed. And that's pretty spoiled. And he continued being a spoiled little boy, a 17-year-old getting on the plane, and he described some things that kind of shows how spoiled he was. After the crash, he said he and many others of the students underwent a transformation. Just with the, the sheer necessity of that event. And he said how the, the, the engineering students, a lot of the fellows who were first year in college, and those who were studying engineers, suddenly, he said, suddenly became full-blown engineers, repairing the, the, the airplane radio and other things like this. Uh, the, the, the medical students, again, only first year, first year medical students, they suddenly became full-blown doctors, tending to the wounded and to the dying. And he himself said, something happened to him also. He was given the job of, of stacking baggage, uh, the, the, the suitcases and so on, to create a barricade, like a, to barricade the back of the, the split plane against avalanches. It was a very important job. And he was, he was given, actually, a, a kind of official title of the, of the official barricader. But he said, with this, he said, this kind of brought about a transformation in him. He said, the job sparked my transition into someone useful. I realized that it's something to contribute to the story. And he was, he was a, he was a, certainly, he seemed to be very helpful in the survival of the fellows who did survive the 72 days there up 11,000 feet up in the Andes. So those moments also, transformative moments, there are these normal growth, the quiet growth, like the seed, and then there are occasionally moments which could be a moment of crisis also, but they're always the grace to not just overcome the crisis, but be transformed through the crisis that God allows us to undergo. Carlitos, the youngest of them all, was transformed. And he ri- reminds me of the second seed, actually, that Jesus speaks about in today's gospel, the mustard seed, the smallest of them all, Jesus says. Even though it's the smallest of, it all, of them all, once it is sown, it grows into the biggest shrub of them all and puts out big branches so that the birds of the air can shelter in its shade. I think that's very nice. You and I may be small, but if we allow God to transform us daily with the growth of the seed, occasionally through these transformative moments, then we stop being this small little thing and we become a big, solid tree in which others, like the birds, can rest in our branches. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, 
intercede for me. Just in case you didn't know, you'll always find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. This liturgical day begins in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek, and today is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. We begin this day of prayer as we join the whole church, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and and my my mouth will will proclaim your praise. Worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship Christ, chief shepherd of the flock. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land, too, for it was formed by his hand. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are His people, the flock He shepherds. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Today, listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Forty years I endured that generation, 
I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ, Chief Shepherd of the flock. Alleluia! I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. Save me, O God, for the waters have risen to my neck. I have sunk into the mud of the deep, and there is no foothold. I have entered the waters of the deep, and the waves overwhelm me. I am wearied with all my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes are wasted away. From looking for my God. More numerous than the hairs on my head are those who hate me without cause. Those who attack me with lies are too much for my strength. How can I restore what I have never stolen? O oh God, you know my sinful folly, my sins you can see. Let those who hope in you not be put to shame through me, Lord of hosts. Let not those who seek you be dismayed through me, God of Israel. It is for you that I suffer taunts, that shame covers my face, that I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my own mother's sons. I burn with zeal for your house, and taunts against you fall on me. When I afflict my soul with fasting, they make it a taunt against me. When I put on sackcloth in mourning, they make me a byword, the gossip of men at the gates, the subject of drunkards' songs. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am worn out with crying, with longing for my God. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. This is my prayer to you, my prayer for your favor. In your great love, answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Rescue me from sinking in the mud. Save me from my foes. Save me from the waters of the deep, lest the waves overwhelm me. Do not let the deep engulf me, nor death close its mouth on me. Lord, answer, 
for your love is kind. In your compassion, turn towards me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer quickly, for I am in distress. Come close to my soul and redeem me. Ransom me, pressed by my foes. You know how they taunt and deride me. My oppressors are all before you. Taunts have broken my heart. I have reached the end of my strength. I looked in vain for compassion, for consolers, not one could I find. For food, they gave me poison. In my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I needed food, and they gave me gall. I was parched with thirst, and they gave me vinegar. Seek the Lord, and you will live. Seek the Lord, and you will live. As for me, in my poverty and pain, let your help, O God, lift me up. I will praise God's name with a song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving, a gift pleasing God more than oxen, more than beasts prepared for sacrifice. The poor, when they see it, will be glad, and God-seeking hearts will revive. For the Lord listens to the needy, and does not spurn his servants in their chains. Let the heavens and the earth give him praise, the sea and all its living creatures. For God will bring help to Zion, and rebuild the cities of Judah, and men shall dwell there in possession. The sons of his servants shall inherit it. Those who love his name shall dwell there. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God our Father, to show the way of salvation, you chose that the standard of the cross should go before us, and you fulfilled the ancient prophecies in Christ's Passover from death to life. Do not let us rouse your burning indignation by sin, but rather, through the contemplation of his wounds, make us burn with zeal for the honor of your church and with grateful love for you. Seek the Lord and you will live. You will hear the word from my mouth. You will tell others what I have said. From the book of Deuteronomy When Moses had finished speaking these words to all Israel, he said to them, I am now one hundred and twenty years old and am no longer able to move about freely. Besides, the Lord has told me that I shall not cross this Jordan. It is the Lord your God who will cross before you. He will destroy these nations before you, that you may supplant them. It is Joshua who will cross before you, as the Lord promised. The Lord will deal with them just as he dealt with Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed, and with their country. 
When, therefore, the Lord delivers them up to you, you must deal with them exactly as I have ordered you. Be brave and steadfast. Have no fear or dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who marches with you. He will never fail you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua, and in the presence of all Israel said to him, Be brave and steadfast, for you must bring this people into the land which the Lord swore to their fathers he would give them. You must put them in possession of their heritage. It is the Lord who marches before you. He will be with you and will never fail you or forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. When Moses had written down this law, he entrusted it to the Levitical priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel, giving them this order. On the Feast of Booths, at the prescribed time in the year of relaxation, which comes at the end of every seven-year period, when all Israel goes to appear before the Lord your God, in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law aloud in the presence of all Israel. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, as well as the aliens who live in your communities, that they may hear it and learn it, and so fear the Lord your God, and carefully observe all the words of this law. Their children also, who do not know it yet, must hear it and learn it, that they too may fear the Lord your God, as long as you live on the land which you will cross the Jordan to occupy. The Lord said to Moses, The time is now approaching for you to die. Summon Joshua and present yourselves at the meeting tent that I may give him his commission. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the meeting tent. And the Lord appeared at the tent in a column of cloud, which stood still at the entrance of the tent. Then the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, and said to him, Be brave and steadfast, for it is you who must bring the Israelites into the land which I promised them on oath. I myself will be with you. Be strong and steadfast, for the Lord your God is going with you. He goes goes before you. There is nothing you need fear. The Lord will be at your side to keep your foot from stumbling. He He goes goes before you. There is nothing you you need fear. From a homily by St. John Chrysostom, Bishop. Though housed in a narrow prison, Paul dwelt in heaven. He accepted beatings and wounds more readily than others reach out for rewards. Sufferings he loved as much as prizes. Indeed, he regarded them as his prizes and therefore called them a grace or gift. Reflect on what this means. To depart and be with Christ was certainly a reward, while remaining in the flesh meant struggle. Yet such was his longing for Christ that he wanted to defer his reward and remain amid the fight. Those were his priorities. Now, to be separated from the company of Christ meant struggle and pain for Paul. In fact, It was a greater affliction than any struggle or pain would be. On the other hand, to be with Christ was a matchless reward. Yet for the sake of Christ, Paul chose the separation. 
You may say, because of Christ, Paul found all this pleasant. I cannot deny that, for he derived intense pleasure from what saddens us. I need not think only of perils and hardships. It was true even of the intense sorrow that made him cry out, Who is weak that I do not share the weakness? Who is scandalized that I am not consumed with indignation? I urge you not simply to admire, but also to imitate this splendid example of virtue, for if we do, we can share his crown as well. Are you surprised at my saying that if you have Paul's merits, you will share that same reward? Then listen to Paul himself. I have fought the good fight, I have run the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth a crown of justice awaits me, and the Lord who is a just judge will give it to me on that day, and not to me alone, but to those who desire his coming. You see how he calls all to share the same glory? Now, since the same crown of glory is offered to all, let us eagerly strive to become worthy of these promised blessings. In thinking of Paul, we should not consider only his noble and lofty virtues or the strong and ready will that disposed him for such great graces. We should also realize that he shares our nature in every respect. If we do, then even what is very difficult will seem to us easy and light. We shall work hard during the short time we have on earth, and someday we shall wear the incorruptible, immortal crown. This we shall do by the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom all glory and power belongs now and always through endless ages. Amen. Man of God, you must strive for holiness, goodness, fidelity, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith and win the prize of eternal life. Preach nothing but sound doctrine. Fight the good fight of faith and win the prize of eternal life. O God, who adorned Saints Timothy and Titus with apostolic virtues, grant through the intercession of them both that, living justly and devoutly in this present age, we may merit to reach our heavenly homeland. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord was well known for using similes in his parables. An example is coming up in today's Gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, January 26, 2024 the Memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. I'm Paul Sadek, and in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tries to help people understand what the kingdom of God is like, and so he uses poetic devices. It's from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed upon the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. 
and the seed should sprout and grow. He knows not how. The earth produces of itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. The main job of Timothy and Titus was to preserve the truth of the faith. That's a job which is just as important, even more so today as it was then. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 6, Special Feasts. Titus and Timothy were very close disciples of St. Paul. Timothy accompanied St. Paul on many of his missionary journeys as a son with a father. St. Paul had great affection for him. During St. Paul's final trip through Asia Minor, he put Timothy in charge of the church in Ephesus while he gave Titus responsibility for the church on Crete. While under house arrest in Rome, St. Paul wrote letters to both of these bishops in which he reminded them to protect the deposit of faith which they had received. St. Paul urged his two followers to keep alive the piety of the faithful despite the fact of their pagan surroundings and the occasional appearance of false teachers. Their primary responsibility, however, was to preserve intact the deposit of faith. Timothy and Titus were to be totally dedicated to the giving of good doctrine. They were to share their unbreakable conviction that the church is the pillar and bulwark of the truth. It is for this reason that the bishops were expected to be so vigilant concerning bad doctrine. From her earliest days, the church has taught the truths of the faith to her children in a clear and simple style so as to avoid possible confusion. We see this practice at work in these words of the Apostle to St. Timothy. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to occupy themselves with myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the divine training that is in faith. With reference to this passage, Pope John Paul II has taught, Catechists, for their part, must have the wisdom to pick from the field of theological research those points that can provide light for their own reflection and their teaching, drawing like the theologians from the true sources in the light of the magisterium. They must refuse to trouble the minds of the children and young people at this stage of their catechesis with outlandish theories, useless questions, and unproductive discussions, things that St. Paul often condemned in his pastoral letters. 
teachers of the faith ought to teach the truths of the faith, not personal theories or doubts. It sometimes happens that people who seek to make the truths of the faith comprehensible to the modern world end up changing not only catechetical teaching methods, but change the revealed truth itself. In today's world, we find a great many weeds have been sown among the good wheat. Radio, television, literature, intellectual discourse, all of these powerful means of communication can be used to spread truths or falsehoods. Mixed in with good and laudable messages, we can oftentimes find subtle and not-so-subtle attacks on Catholic doctrine regarding faith and morals. We Christians cannot consider ourselves immune from this widespread epidemic afflicting our society. The teachers of error seem to have increased in number and cultural influence since the days of the Apostle, making St. Paul's warning all the more timely. Pope Paul VI called this phenomenon a brutal and universal earthquake. Earthquake because it has a subversive impact. Brutal because it is aimed directly at fundamental truths. And universal because the phenomenon can be found throughout the world. We know in our hearts that the faith is a great treasure. We have to use the means necessary to conserve the faith in ourselves and in those around us. We need to be humble. We have to be on guard that we do not catch the contagion. We have to be prudent with regard to what we read, what we watch, where we go. We should get guidance about films, television shows, books, magazines. The faith is worth more than anything else we can imagine. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Let's pray with the whole church once again on this memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God, but a steadfast spirit within me. 
Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit, and heal our troubled conscience, so that in the joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. You alone I have grieved by my sin. Have pity on me, O Lord. Truly we know our offences, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Truly we know our offences, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Let my eyes stream with tears day and night without rest over the great destruction which overwhelms the virgin daughter of my people over her incurable wound. If I walk out into the field, look, though slain by the sword, If I enter the city, look, those consumed by hunger. Even the prophet and the priest forage in a land they know not. Have you cast Judah off completely? Is Zion loathsome to you? Why have you struck us a blow that cannot be healed? We wait for peace to no avail, for a time of healing, but terror comes instead. We recognize, O Lord, our wickedness, the guilt of our fathers, that we have sinned against you. For your name's sake, spurn us not, disgrace not the throne of your glory. Remember your covenant with us, and break it not. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Truly we know our offenses, Lord, for we have sinned against you. The Lord is God, we are his people, the flock he shepherds. The Lord is God, we are his people. 
the flock he shepherds. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing for joy. Know that he, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Go within his gates, giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Indeed, how good is the Lord, eternal is merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. God devoted to us as a Father, you created us as a sign of your power and elected us, your people, to show your goodness. Accept the thanks your children offer that all men may enter your courts, praising you in song. The Lord is God. We are his people, the flock he shepherds. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider how their lives ended and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. The Word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set my watchmen to guard you. On your, On your walls, Jerusalem, I have, I have set my watchmen to guard you. Day or night, they will not cease to proclaim the name of the Lord. I have I've set my watchmen to guard you. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have set my watchmen to guard you. Proclaim the message, insist on it in season and out of season, refute falsehood, correct error, call to obedience, but do all with patience and sound doctrine. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness 
and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Proclaim the message, insist on it in season and out of season, refute falsehood, correct error, call to obedience, but do all with patience and sound doctrine. Christ is the Good Shepherd who laid down His life for His sheep. Let us praise and thank Him as we pray. Nourish your people, Lord. Christ, you decided to show your merciful love through your holy shepherds. Let your mercy always reach us through them. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your vicars, you continue to perform the ministry of Shepherd of Souls. Direct us always through our leaders. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your holy ones, the leaders of your people, you served as physician of our bodies and our spirits. Continue to fulfill your ministry of life and holiness in us. Nourish your people, Lord. You taught your flock through the prudence and love of your saints. Grant us continual growth in holiness under the direction of our pastors. Nourish your people, Lord. Now let us pray as Christ the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. O God, who adorned Saints Timothy and Titus with apostolic virtues, grant, through the intercession of them both, that, living justly and devoutly in this present age, we may merit to reach our heavenly homeland. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. It's another day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Morning Air is up next with John and Glenn. Patrick Madrid a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.